0: Um, but we're going to get into it. The room will be a bit noisier this morning. That is okay. We have kids in the room. We are a family church. Uh, I am so grateful that we've ran out of chairs. We upped the chairs and then we went and brought more chairs and we upped them again. Um, so if there's a spare spot next to you, just maybe cooch over uh, just so people can jump on in there. Uh, I want to bring up the first uh, slide, uh, which would be Awesome. We've all seen the nativity scene now in multiple different angles. Who, who has uh, seen a nativity scene? We went and had a look at some Christmas lights. Um, it was fantastic. Uh, I love seeing, we went to one house where there was a beautiful nativity scene and then next to it was Santa on a motorbike. So um, we've got a blend of cultures. Uh, but I often, I often think about Joseph. Uh, I'm glad that he got a mention in the item. Talk about pressure. Who here, if you're a father, remembers the birth of your first child? Give, give me a wave. It's the one of the most, oh my gosh, moments of your life. It's an incredible moment. And I often wondered, how was Joseph feeling? Uh, he'd been visited by angels. He'd been told that this would be the Messiah. And the pressure that he would have been feeling in that moment. Now, I want to bring you just quickly a little bit into my world. Geordie, quickly, pr- quickly come here. I want you to go to the next slide. Let me me bring you into my world for a little minute. Can everybody see that photo? That was my nephew Noah. Just want everybody to know I'm actually holding a ham. It's a Christmas ham. Um, Just so you're aware. Ham's important to some people. Um, And I don't actually want to walk through this little bit of the gag any further. Does anybody want a ham, a free Christmas ham? Um, I'm, I'm going to just quickly, I'm going to just quickly give the ham away while I tell that story. So that there is my nephew Noah. Um, I was 17 years old, and he, he was. Uh, you're not getting the ham, lads. I'm going to go go to this lovely lady just here. Uh, enjoy the Christmas ham. If you'd like to put that in the fridge, that's no problem. Um, we got a big fridge. Um, so this is Noah. I'm 17 years old. And this is the first time in my life I've ever held a baby. Now, what's crazy about this photo to me is I don't, remember, I don't even know who the random kid is. That kid is just there. And I don't remember April being there, but I just want to highlight what the heck are those jeans doing? Um, they're matching my orange top. What was my top doing? Um, but I don't remember anyone else being there. What I do remember is being absolutely petrified. My arms were sore. I was worried that I was going to hurt him. Now, what's amazing about that photo, and actually it blows my mind, is that Noah next year moves to regional Victoria to become a marine biologist. Now, he's a baby, but God had a plan for his life that would go beyond that moment. So... God knew that He would grow when He follows Jesus and He's a man of God. And God knew that He would grow into a man and one day He would go to university and He would start the road to becoming a marine biologist. He wasn't to stay in that place. And when I think about the nativity scene and what I want to talk about this morning is it's important for us to remember that Jesus did come and he did live a perfect life, but we should never keep Jesus in our mind just as that baby. Because he grew into a man that lived a perfect life that saved the world. Amen. So it is important to us today that we talk about my hero, Jesus Christ. So why don't you turn in your Bibles with me? We're going to have a look at Mark. No, it's not Romans. We're going to get to Romans. We're going to go to 1 Peter Chapter 2, that's where I want you guys to wait, but I will catch up. I said Mark chapter 2 because I preached our New Year's message yesterday for the pre-recording. So there's a little sneak peek for that. But we've been in our Christmas series. We looked at a mysterious figure in the Old Testament named Melchizedek. Now, he is a type of Christ, typology. And what, what that is, is that means it's something in the Old Testament of the Bible that points people towards Jesus. So Melchizedek was a type of Christ because he pointed people to the coming Messiah. We know that the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. And that points people to Jesus because we're made righteous through faith in him. He was the king of Salem, which means peace, and we know that that points people to Jesus because through Jesus we found peace with God. Now Melchizedek was a priest and the role of a priest was to minister to man and to God and to bring God and man together. And Jesus has done that through his death on the cross. So Melchizedek points to Jesus Christ and Jesus' birth is what we celebrate at this time of year. But we celebrate his arrival today. But I want to sit in what his life accomplished for us. And why He is the most precious gift that was ever given. Now Jesus is, without a doubt, the most important figure in human history. I mean, because of His life, it sets into motion the freedom that Christians get to live in. We're not being bound by human desire and sin. We live in the blessing and the experience of actually being able to have a genuine and intimate relationship with God. And that gratitude that most people feel at this time of year, we actually get to experience that all year round. Jesus was the King of righteousness. He was the King of peace. He was a royal priest that pointed to Jesus. And because of Jesus, we've become royal heirs. In Romans 8.17, it says this, Now if we are children... Then we are heirs, heirs of God and co heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. Merry Christmas. If you are a Christian, if you are a genuine follower of Jesus, you've become royalty, you've joined the family of God. But Jesus is the most special gift that anybody can receive. The most special gift, I remember when we were younger, we moved into April's parents' house for six months. A lot of you know this story. We paid board to live with them while we were building our first house. And they saved up all of the board we had given them. So on the day that we moved into our house, they gave us a gift. Incredible gift, incredibly generous. But let me tell you that nothing, no money, no money, no experience, no possession that you can ever receive will be greater than the gift that is Jesus. And I want to talk about that today. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love You. We thank You that we celebrate that You came in human form, still being God, to save us from sin and death. And today we remember Your birth, but we celebrate what you accomplished for us. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. It's in your Bibles. If you go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 12, I will read it. And it says this, As you come to Him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For the scripture says, "See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who trusts in him will never will never be put to shame." Now to you who believe, this stone is precious, Into wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So I'm going to try and do three things with what we've just read. The first thing is I want to try and explain to you what the scripture is saying. The second thing is who the scripture is talking to. And the third, why Jesus is the best gift ever. So who is it for? I'm going to quickly run through this one just to make sure that we all get a hold of it. So it says this as you read it. It says, it starts in verse four with, as you come. Then if you go down to verse seven, it says to you. And then in verse nine, it says, but you are. Now I'll explain it in a moment, but effectively who the you is, Who who is the you is the Christian. In the context of this, it's a person with a genuine, sincere faith in Jesus Christ and a faith that is changing them, is building their life based on the fact that Jesus is not only their Saviour, but is their Lord. Who is you? You see it in the answer. It says, As you, in verse 4, come to Him. Him is Jesus. In verse 7, it says, Now to you who believe. So what it is, is it's those that have come to Jesus and believe and trust in Him. So it is for the Christian, these promises, these things that get me excited that I'm about to talk about are for those that have come to Jesus and put their faith and their trust in Him. So this is important to know today because if you are a Christian We will talk about the benefits and the blessings of knowing Jesus and what that means for our life to have a relationship with God. And and if you're in this room today and you're not a Christian, at least you're going to learn what Christians are excited about and why we feel blessed. So I think it's important that we all lean in. So the benefits for the believers. It says there in the Scripture, when we read it in verse 9, that we become, once we have come to Jesus in faith, A chosen people. Now, why it's important and why this is is so important to the believer is that baby didn't stay a baby. He grew into a man that if you put your faith in him, you're restored to God. These are the benefits that you get being in a relationship with God. You become a chosen people. Have you ever had an awkward moment in your life? Give me a wave. A moment you never want to relive. The other day I had a conversation with my neighbour. This is how the conversation went. Hey Charles, I was walking past the other day, I heard you singing. There was a pause that moment in the conversation that I would assume he would say, you're doing a fantastic job, you're incredible. Do you know what he said? You were really getting into it. It was an awkward moment for me. Awkward moments. I remember when friends of ours had twins and we were quite close with them and we had had the communication come through. And in the communication, they had said the babies are born and we hit the car, we got there, we we scrambled, we're in there, we're making ourselves a part of it, I'm seeing the kids, I realise I've beaten half of the immediate family in. Now in that moment, I realised, this is about the bloodline. This is about the immediate family and we are here and it is awkward because we are here and I did not realise that uh, we had got in so hastily. So I went up to this couple who had had the twins and I said to them, hey, we'll catch up with you another time. We're aware that this is a time for your family, your immediate family, so we're going to step away. And they said, no, 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 stay. They said, your family now, in that moment, I felt really blessed by that statement because of this is that they, they had family by bloodline, but they had now chosen for us as friends to be thought of like family. It was family that had been chosen. Now, when you look at the Scripture, it says there in verse 9, but you are a chosen If you read your Bible a lot, you understand that that is referring to the Old Testament when God is talking about His people who at the time of the Old Testament were the bloodline descendants of Abraham, the Jewish people. So what had happened is before Jesus, God's people were a particular nationality that were the descendants of Of Abraham, the blessing of God that flowed through him meant that there was a nation. But now because of Jesus Christ, when you come to Him and put your trust and your faith in Him, you by choosing Jesus become the chosen people of God. You get to become part of God's family. The chosen people no longer just refers to the nation of Israel. God bless them. But it also refers to everybody who calls Jesus Christ their Lord and Saviour. The benefit of this baby being born in Bethlehem is that we, through faith in Him, as He grew up to be a man that lived a perfect life, it's not about the baby, it's about what He accomplished. We get to be the chosen people of God. And that is an incredible gift. We become a royal priesthood and a holy nation. When you look at the royal priesthood, once again, to be a priest, and we heard this in our series, there were special requirements that were put on them. They had to live a certain way. They had to do certain things. They had to be from a particular family line that was called the Levites. They had to do all of these things in order to be able to enter into the presence of God. But because of Jesus because He made a way for us to come into the presence of God. We now get to become royal priests who commune with God. That royal thing is really not that, not that we're kings and queens, but rather that if I am born and I am related to the king, I am part of the royal family. I am part of the family. So we are in because of Jesus, into the royal family of God where we can minister before the King of Kings and the the Lord of Lords. And what that really means is we get to have genuine, caring, intimate, real relationship with God. That is because of Jesus. And then it says there, you become God's special possession something special to God. You know, recently I had a conversation um, and I'm going to say that I'm going to get this story about 80% right and you'll correct me as I go, Jordan. But there is a guy out there, who knows of a guy, he's a guitarist called David Gilmore. Yeah, I don't know who he was prior to this week. I'm just going to let you know. He was in a band called Pink Floyd. Still don't know who they are. And I hope they don't have horrible songs, Geordie, because I didn't listen to any of them. It's on him. But what happened is he was a guitarist. He wrote a whole bunch of songs. Now, the guitar that he uses is a particular type of guitar. It's called a Fender Strat. And somebody said, yeah, who plays guitar? To me, it still means nothing. Still means nothing. But to somebody who likes guitars, you can buy uh, the equivalent guitar to what Dave Gilmore used. Uh, today for around $3,000. Okay, so that's a good guitar. But recently, because of who the owner of the guitar is, he took this Fender Strat and he put it up uh, on auction uh, to sell. Now, a guitar that is worth $3,000 to buy, but a really old and really used guitar, because of who owned it and what it had done, sold for $3.9 million dollars. Because there is something to be understood about the value of something can be increased by who owns it. And through Jesus, we become God's special possession. We get to walk into the presence of God and be cherished by Him. The benefits. When you see A baby in the nativity scene is this, is that for those who believe in Jesus, they become special, chosen, royal and holy. These are the benefits that are found in Jesus. So what are we to do with it? Have you ever received a gift that you don't know what to do with it? Like if somebody was to buy me a drill, I would honestly be like, what am I to do with this? Let's be honest. Because if I was to use that drill, I would have to activate learning to be able to use it, to to be able to walk in what the gift is. You know, I just had the thought, maybe a parent should buy a vacuum for that teenage child and activate the gift of vacuuming uh, in their life. But the Bible actually tells us what we're to do with it as Christians. When we find out we're chosen people, we've become a holy nation, a royal priesthood, God's special possession. We're actually as Christians supposed to do something with it. It says there in verse 9 that we should declare praises, which is about personal testimony. And Dan, I might get you to come and join me. Not only are we to declare to the world his goodness but we're actually supposed to be passionately talking about it. You know, I can gather with some people and I know that guys that have a similar passion to me, we will always land often around some stuff. I love basketball. I talk to my friends that love basketball about basketball. I love coffee. There are people in this room I just got a uh, an AeroPress go uh that is a that is a beautiful little coffee machine if you're looking for one and it's a gift. I've got one. You don't for me. I'm not asking. Just saying. But because I am passionate about those things, I often declare the praises of it. But I am I am so much more passionate about Jesus than anything else. And if you're here and you don't know what it is to actually know Jesus the way I am, the Bible in this scripture actually begins to give us some things at which we can do. See, what happens is uh, in the Scripture, it goes on if you read verse 9, and I'll, I'll quickly, I wanna quickly read it to you. Let me just go back to where it is. It says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. These are all the benefits of knowing Jesus. Then it says, But that you may declare the praises of Him who called you. Here's what it's telling us. Here's how you can declare the praises. These are the things they tell us we can do. Out of darkness into wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you're a people. And once you had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. So when you look at those things and we are declaring the praises of who Jesus is, we already know that we were once not the people of God, but now through Jesus we're invited into the family. I love the thought of we once had received no mercy, but now we've received mercy. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 7, another book in the Bible paints a beautiful picture of it. It says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace. You have been saved. That Scripture talking about that even though we were not perfect, even though we were not worth saving, in God's love for us, He gave us His Son, Jesus, and we've been saved and obtained grace through Him. We once had no mercy, but now because of Jesus, it's saying declare the praises of Him. So we once had no mercy, but now because of Jesus, we get to declare the praises that we've received mercy. We once weren't a people. We were not God's people. We didn't have a right to come into His throne. But now through Jesus, we get to declare the praises that we get to enter the presence of God. But there's one there where it says, declare the praises because He brought us out of darkness into light. That's called a concept called dualism. so it's like taking one end of the scale to the other. So it was good versus bad or it was revelation versus ignorance or the new you know the new age versus the, the old age, the way we lived it. what's happened is it was where I was before Jesus and now where I am because of Jesus. It's a personal testimony declaration. You know, I started thinking about, well, then what's my before and after Jesus? And we've all heard this before, but my story is, it's pretty normal. I lived a normal life. My parents stayed married. They loved one another. My home was stable. I was your average kid with a loud personality, with average grades who loves sport and love Jesus. That's that's a pretty normal. I tried to make good decisions. I never went to crazy parties, which actually isolated me a bit as a young person. Know this, I, there was a party with alcohol, young guys. I didn't go. I chose to make that stand. I wasn't going to put myself in that arena, but it made it harder for me. But I did it because I loved Jesus. I never got drunk I never sped around in my car as a young person. You know, and I'd look around and I'd see some of my friends that would come to know Jesus that had the most crazy story. But like there's a friend of mine who grew up with the guys from Underbelly and then became a preacher. The worst thing I'd ever done, I got a speeding ticket one time. Accidentally. I cried when he pulled me over. I just the conviction. It was an accident. Been driving for 18 years. I've had one. It's not an underbelly story, is it? Unless that one time I was speeding, I was running for my life maybe, but that's a lie. But the problem was this, is that I felt that my story was so mundane that I lost my confidence that I actually had something to say. But who wants to listen to a guy who really doesn't have a great story? And what happened is the enemy actually had used good decisions to kill my confidence. Isn't that a crazy thought? I'd make good decisions and now I was less confident because of it. So what it manifests itself in is that exterior confidence but internal insecurity. Until one day I realised that because of Jesus, I understood that He'd lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. And because of that, one day, all of a sudden I understood that meant that I was chosen and I was royal and I was holy and I actually was God's special possession. You've got to understand that no matter your story, no matter how extreme the last 12 months have been, No matter what you've been through, at some point, everybody's journey and everybody's story needs to intersect with Jesus. Because what happens is everybody will make choices. Everybody will get things wrong. No one will live a perfect life. And even if you do your best, there's still gonna be a moment where you need to understand that if you were the only person on this planet, Jesus still would have come, still would have lived a perfect life and still would have died for you. This baby was born with a mission and a purpose. It was to see you become a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's chosen people. And your job, once you've found that out, is to declare the praises. I once was very insecure in my own mindset, but now I know that Jesus is who makes me special. So I don't know everybody here. And maybe if you close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know everybody's story. I don't know the extremes. I don't know the the simplicity. But I know this. The reason why Jesus came to this world, the reason why He was born was so that you could become a holy priesthood a holy nation, God's special possession. But this Scripture says those blessings come for those who came to Him, Jesus, in faith. So today there is a prayer that you can pray. It takes 20 seconds and with everyone's eyes closed, I just want you listening to me. The Bible is clear. To walk in the promises of God is simply to put your faith in Jesus and follow Him. So with every eye closed, there's a 20 second prayer that I want to pray over this room that everyone will pray together. But I just want to know that if you want to pray this today so that you know you can get your confidence and, and your peace knowing this, that you're in right standing with God because the only way you can have a relationship with God is through His Son, Jesus. So with every eye closed, is there anybody that wants to make sure that they are a Christian? Make sure that they know that they know that if everything was to be over today, whether you're at home or in this room, you know that your salvation, your eternity with God is secure. You get to go to heaven. So with every eye closed, is there anybody here today? I just want you to pop your hand up and then pop it back down just so I know I'm praying that prayer with you. Is there anybody in this room today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So why don't we stand for a moment while I invite the band to come back. Father, we thank You today that through faith in Jesus, we are restored to God. And Father, I thank You for every person that's here today. No matter their journey, no matter what they've been through, no matter the decisions they've made, I thank You, Father, that You, Jesus, can join us on our journey and then guide the direction of our life. So Father, we thank You today. In Jesus' name, Amen.